I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that at each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired, no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. Ted Smith says, a healthy relationship with yourself allows for a healthy, happy relationship with other people. I think if you spent any amount of time on self-improvement, you've come across some version of this statement. And in this episode, my guest Ted Smith and I dive a little deeper into why it's so important, along with some great tips on how to start improving the most valuable relationship you have, the one with yourself. I picked this episode to be our last one of 2021 because hopefully it'll inspire and empower you to keep growing and healing so you're better equipped to weather the storms that 2022 inevitably has in store for us. Ted Smith is a relationship and personal coach who has dedicated himself to helping people develop, maintain, and enjoy happy and healthy relationships with themselves and others. He understands the challenges of unhealthy relationships, and he's also an example of hope, strength, and transformation. Ted is the author of Happy Me, Healthy We, Transforming Relationships with Yourself and Others. In this episode, we chat more about his book and the inspiration behind it. Ted believes no matter what challenges appear in your relationship with a romantic partner, family members, friends, or co-workers, you have the power to change them from difficult to thriving and from unhealthy to healthy. But you first have to examine, heal, and transform the relationship with yourself, something you've heard over and over again in this podcast if you've been paying attention. And personally, I know this to be 100% true when it comes to all of my relationships. And if you're struggling in any kind of relationship or would like to just have a healthier, happier life, this episode is definitely for you. Now, my feeling is that 2022 is going to be a year of healing eventually. I do feel like we still have a ways to go, but I'm going to be here the whole time with experts like Ted to help you along the way. Learn all the ways you can connect with Ted in the show notes, along with links to purchase his book, Happy Me, Healthy We. And if you happen to be listening near the first, jump onto Instagram or Facebook and wish Ted a happy birthday. And with that, I'm going to say happy birthday, Ted, and cheers to a new, healthier, happier year for all of us. See you in 2022. Ted, thank you so much for being here. Relationships are a big deal right now with ourselves, especially, but Mm -hmm. also with each other in all kinds of different contexts. So um, I have questions and I actually started this new thing where my listeners submit their questions. So I've got, I've got a handful for you. (laughs) Great. I'm excited. Hit me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, first (laughs) of all, my question for you is where are you right now? I'm in St. Louis. I live in St. Louis. Okay. And how long have you lived there? Um, so I grew up in a small town in Illinois, about an hour outside of St. Louis. And then okay. I went to college in St. Louis. Um, and I've lived here pretty much my whole adult life. Although I did um, spend a year in Michigan about a year ag- or a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially my whole adult life, I've lived in St. Louis. Nice. So you must like it. I, hope. I do like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of my best friends is from St. Louis and she, you know, has mixed as we all do about our hometown. You know, there's definitely mixed feelings there, but uh, she still visits, so she must like it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have never been. I would love to go some. Actually, I did drive through um, through there once and saw it. I remember seeing the big arch thing mm-hmm. and that's yep. about the extent of my experience. <laughs> yeah. I was up in the arch uh, a few months ago for the first time since childhood. It's one of those things that when you live here, it's not really yeah. it's something you see often, but it's, you know, it's such a touristy thing that you don't really do when you live here. Um, yeah. So it was fun, fun to do that again and kind of relive childhood a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always nice. Yeah. I mean, we do take it. We do tend to take those things for granted when we live. Mm-hmm. I live in Portland. So, yeah, you know, I see the mountains all the I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We have some really amazing yeah. mountains. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I, 
I take a trip out to the West Coast, you know, I fly over the Rockies and it's, uh-huh. it's something that I love. So yeah, I can see how, yeah, because the arch is just kind of there. <laughs> so similar story. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I know that you're pretty open and honest. Like I said, um, before we recorded, started recording that I've listened to um, many other podcasts that you've been on and I've been checking out your Instagram page. I looked at your Facebook page. So I know that you're very open and honest about your life journey. And I really appreciate that because that's a personal mission of myself. But I know that we all have things that not everybody knows about. Mm. Share something that isn't widely known about you and maybe even something that might be a little embarrassing. And I can share too if you want. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I'm perfectly happy to share, but there, I'm trying to think of something that people don't know about me. Uh, I don't know. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think it's embarrassing, but my husband teases me all the time. Well, a few people tease me. So there's few, there are a few people that know about this, but I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. Even now to this day, when nobody else seems to like it, I'm sure I, yeah, I know it's ending soon. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm committed. I want, I'm going to stick with it <laughs> to the end. And I even watched Fear the Walking Dead, which is so bad. I mean, I love it, but it's bad. So yeah, I've heard go. mixed things about the Walking Dead. It's like the first <laughs> few seasons were really good. And then it kind of yep. went downhill. And for that reason, you know, it's an example of a series that I, I won't pick up because I, it's, uh, it drives me crazy when a show starts out so good and yeah. then it loses momentum. So yeah. yeah everyone um, I know ditched me. <laughs> All my Walking Dead <laughs> fans ditched me. Yeah. I'm I'm diehard. People tease me, but there you go. So yeah, I don't know. Are there any like reality TV things you like? So to watch or... what comes to mind for me is I used to be a diehard fan of The Young and the Restless. I discovered <laughs> it. I purposely did that while you were taking a drink. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a household that we didn't have cable TV. And Uh so when I graduated from like, you know, Animaniacs and Bananas and Pajamas, there wasn't a whole lot else to watch after school. And Young and the Restless is actually what started raising questions for me about my sexuality Uh as a teenager as well. But I got sucked in and man, I watched that show religiously for a good probably 10 or 12 years. Nice. Um, I finally stopped because I realized like just how bad the acting was, but I, there was always at least one storyline that had me hooked. There was usually several storylines that I just wasn't really interested in Mm -hmm. or whatever, but there was always one that I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see what happens next. Um, Regardless of how overdramatic the acting was. And plus there's hot guys on there to watch too. So it's definitely part of my, part of the appeal. Right. (laughs) Okay. So I'm, I laughed at you when you said it, not because I'm making fun of you, but second embarrassing thing about me is I loved all my children mm, okay, like, so that from was a yours. young age. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I'm from the day when, uh, you had to like, you know, record on a VCR and mm. you know, all that. And, uh, <laughs> I used to record it when I went to school. Oh, yep. I did too. I recorded on a VCR. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I did a lot of after school, you know, nerdy math team type activities. And yeah. so I wasn't home every day. So I, man, I wore those tapes out. Um, because oh, I love it. it was important to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. See, we both shared our yeah. embarrassing, um, former love of right. soap operas. <laughs> Are either of those still on? Young and the Restless still is because every once in a while I'll be in like, you know, a repair shop waiting room or mm-hmm. something and it'll be on. And of course it catches my eye. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still on. I don't, it's one of the very few that are left. Yeah. I, I do know that. So Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. If you guys listening don't know what either of those are, go on YouTube, <laughs> find some episodes. <laughs> And laugh at both of us. All right. So (laughs) we're going to move on to the good, the juicy stuff now. Um, But before we talk about your book, because I want to know definitely about that. um, Happy Me, Healthy We, Transforming Relationships with Yourself and Others. I want to know more about your journey leading up to the creation of the book. 
Yeah. And it's actually healthy me, happy we. I've had I've had a few hosts get it flip, you know, flipped, which is fine. All right, we're gonna all good. flip that around. <laughs> healthy me, happy we. The idea that uh, a healthy relationship with yourself allows yeah. for a healthy, happy relationship with other people. Yes, perfect. I mean, it's very self-explanatory and it does sound better that way. Healthy me, ha- happy we. Yeah, Okay. thank you. Yeah. So yeah, tell me how, how you got to creating this. Yeah, so um, when I was 17, I entered into a 15-year relationship with an alcoholic narcissist. Um, I was 17, he was 22 and just kind of fell into it. I did not know any better at age 17. I had experienced a four-year relationship with a girl in high school. Um, we were really good friends and, you know, went through our own journey together, um, as I kind of came in and discovered my sexuality, but that was the only relationship I had. And there's, you know, obviously as a teenager, I wasn't fully emotionally developed yet and that sort of thing. So I did not know what emotional abuse looked like. I didn't know what alcoholism looked like. I, you know, for most of those 15 years thought that, you know, we always hear that relationships are hard, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I feel like that's a very misleading, uh, dangerous statement to make because yes, they can be difficult, but they do not need to be as difficult as what I went through for those 15 yeah. years. And I think a lot of people fall into those traps for various reasons. For me, I didn't value myself. I, Mm -hmm. and I had come from a long, long history, even for 17 years of abusing myself with perfectionism. And I went through a pretty dark, not pretty dark, but very dark experience with coming to grips with my sexuality, Mm -hmm. lots of self-loathing and just shame around who I was. And lo and behold, the way I treated myself is what attracted somebody who treated me the same way. Mm. And when we're doing those things to ourselves, we tend to attract people that are looking for people that, you know, are in that lower energy, you know, you, Oh, here, let me come, you know, sweep you up and take care of you. And those are generally going to be, you know, people with not the best of intentions or, you know, very unhealthy themselves. So you were kind of like prime target for that kind Mm -hmm. of relationship, unfortunately. Yeah. For various reasons. I mean, I grew up in a small town and Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I didn't even know gay was a thing. Like I was so sheltered as a kid. It took, you know, bullies on the school bus teasing me for being gay to even know what that was. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I ended the relationship with the girl for four years, I, at age 17, and I kind of snicker at myself now, but like, I, I didn't know if I'd ever find anyone. I felt very alone. I didn't know at that time, this was like early 2000s, you know, there was no social media and it wasn't as widely accepted as it is today, you know, LGBTQ rights and, and things like that. You know, it has definitely evolved quite a bit in the last 20 years. So, and I didn't really know anybody who was gay. So I just, I had resigned myself to like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find someone. And I, I say, I chuckle that now because I'm 17 and, you know, yeah. like, again, I just, I was very naive and didn't know any better, but those yeah. feelings were real. Like I was, mm-hmm. was very alone and I ended up attracting a relationship with someone where I was together with him, but I felt very alone with him. Yeah. You so you got into this relationship and it lasted for how long? 15 years. 15 years. Wow. Okay. How long have you been out of that relationship? Uh, a little over two, but okay. going on two and a half. Yep. Okay. So would you say that you're still in the midst of your own healing journey? Yeah, I feel like the healing journey is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, I don't know, I feel 90 to 95% healed if we're yeah. going to put a number on it. Like yeah. I, I am, my life right now is totally unrecognizable to who I was three years ago. I've done a lot of work through therapy and coaching to release the stuff from the past. And, and, you know, there's obviously lots that happened in those 15 years, but there, again, there are reasons for why I attracted those 15 years into my reality. Mm-hmm. So kind of releasing the stuff behind that as well, and really started to nurture a relationship with myself to make sure that something like that doesn't happen again. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot more about that because that's 
kind of your specialty in helping other yep. people too. So you mentioned a couple of modalities that you, you, that you've used already in this portion of your healing journey. Cause like you said, it doesn't ever end mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to keep tools in your, you know, in that toolbox to bring up as needed. But so far, what would you say were the mo- modalities that have helped you the most? What comes to me is meditation. That's probably mm-hmm. my first answer. That's a daily practice for me. I historically, and still currently, I live in my head a lot and thoughts can be helpful. They can also be our worst enemy. <laughs> And as a, what I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist, you know, thoughts can become abusive. And so I have this kind of constant to-do list floating around in my head. And so it's important to meditate, to bring myself back to the moment, center myself, give myself a break from the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, being present is really important because in the past, kind of living in the future and and planning out various scenarios was something that I did to create myself safe, to create safety for myself for 15 Mm -hmm. years to avoid arguments and avoid being attacked and things like that. But it's not something that I need to do anymore to keep myself safe. And so meditation is a, is a way to, to train my brain, to be more present and, um, and in the moment. Nice. Kind of override that primitive brain of ours that wants to try to rule the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you do guided meditation or do you just sit with yourself? And I just you... sit with myself. So I play okay. some meditation music and sit quietly. I've done some silent meditation as well. I do recommend for listeners who you know are just starting out with meditation, start mm-hmm. with a guided one to kind of get the practice down and, and learn you know, what to do. And then from there, you can kind of graduate to different things where whether it's doing outside versus inside, trying different settings also helps. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, trying music, trying no music, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I still struggle with just sitting with myself and meditating after a long time. And mm-hmm. so I prefer, I prefer guided, but my husband is more like you. He's able to, to get, he's a- been able to get to that point where he can just sit and just let those thoughts come and <laughs> let them go. And I think that's wonderful. And congratulations, because when did you start meditating? About a year and a half ago, it became a regular practice for me. And it's, you know, to clarify, I still very much have the thoughts. Um, But one, one lesson that was taught to me that I have found really helpful is that meditation is not a practice of making sure you stay present. Meditation is a practice of bringing yourself back to present. Mm-hmm. So when you catch yourself, catch your thoughts wandering, you know, just again, kind of let them pass and bring yourself back to center. Nice. Okay. So a personal question um, about you and relationships. I know it's only been a couple years, but do you feel like you're getting to the point where you might want to pursue a new relationship? Are you already in a new relationship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not currently. However, okay. I have experienced two somewhat long-term healthy relationships since that time. Mm -hmm. About five months after leaving my ex-husband, I met a man and we were together for 10 months. And it was my first experience with a healthy relationship with a guy. Beautiful experience, very satisfying. At the end, you know, there was just some things that didn't sit right with me. And so we peacefully departed and we're still friends and the good there. And then this past year, Florida relationship with a guy for uh, about six months. It's, it's been interesting, like each relationship that I've gotten into, like each one has increased in terms of satisfaction and how healthy it is and how loving and, and special uh, the relationship is. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that I'll, I'll put ended in quotes, it just really shifted. Like our relationship dynamic shifted to more of a a friendship towards the end Mm -hmm. because where I'm at right now is, you know, so I was, I was with my ex for 15 years, five months later, I started a 10 month relationship with another guy. And I don't really count those five months as being single because things were so raw and new. And so really if I'm looking at the date right now, it's been right at a year that I've been single for the first time. Mm -hmm. And what I've been focused on for the last year is first of all, being with myself, 
but also dating for the first time. You know, it was mm-hmm. about a year ago, a little less than that, where I downloaded Tinder for the first time and and started exploring that. And um, you know, just having dates and different experiences with different uh-huh. guys and been fun it's been challenging you know dating is not it's not always glorious or um, luxurious by any means but you know as a relationship coach it's also been kind of my own little playground or laboratory to explore you know what's out there and experience what everybody else experiences so Uh I don't know where I'm at in terms of what I will want in the future I'm Mm -hmm. very much living day to day now and as of this moment, I don't have a desire to enter into a long-term committed relationship. That may change. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm exploring the possibilities around open relationships and non-monogamous relationships and just seeing what that feels like. It's all kind of new to me. And I'm in a place of curiosity and openness mm-hmm. rather than, you know, restricting myself to one way of being because things have changed for me so much in the last two years and they continue to that I, I don't want to set myself up for something that I feel like I have to stick to forever. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Okay. So what I'm hearing is you have definitely been successful on your healing journey so far. I mean, you know, there's no measure of success, but it's helped a lot for you. Oh yeah, I can tell from what everything (laughs) you just said. Yeah. I, you know, I will say the same about dating. I hadn't dated. I knew I started dating my husband in 2008. So however long that that was, but before that I hadn't really dated and I started the online dating thing and it was, it was fun and challenging (laughs) and (laughs) And, interesting. right? Yes. (laughs) And it really does though help at least for me. And, you know, I suggest to most people that they at least try it because Mm -hmm. It did really, though, help me hone what I I did really want, what I didn't yeah. want, and how did I want this to, you know, and I chose to go into a monogamous relationship, but it, it does open up all the possibilities of, well, maybe I want this instead of that, or, you know, all you get to explore, like you said, right. and I think yep. that's really healthy, especially after what you've already been through. So let's talk. Cause I don't want to take up all the time. I could talk about relationships the whole time, like <laughs> healthy, unhealthy. I just, I love love and relationships and connection. Um, but well, I want to talk about your book. I want to definitely okay. have time for that. So the title, which now I'm hope, hoping <laughs> saying it right. Healthy me, happy. We correct. <laughs> yes. It's pretty telling, but I want you to, I want you to tell us more. Yeah. Healthy me, happy. We, so mm-hmm. the, the title, you know, says gives the message of a healthy relationship with yourself allows for healthy, happy relationships with other people. Yeah. Something that I did not understand for a very long time. The relationship with myself was a foreign concept. So in the book, I share my story of that 15-year abusive relationship, what I experienced with him. What I strove for in my book was, you know, I've I've read a lot of self-help books and I, I see that a lot are really all personal narrative. And then there are some that are all conceptual or educational. Mm-hmm. I find value in both. Um, and so I married the two and shared my story alongside kind of teaching what these relationships can look like in general with um, abusive people and with addicts and what codependency looks like. So sharing my story in the context of how I learned about this along the way. So the first half of the book is, uh, is a little heavy because it, you know, goes into the deep, dark, uh, arena of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the second half is, uh, shares kind of the beginning of my healing journey and what I've learned since, as well as what a healthy relationship with another person looks like. Mm-hmm. So once yeah, and you can do it simultaneously. There's no, it's not a, it's not a linear transformation necessarily. Like you don't have to fully heal first before you can enter into a healthy relationship. You can do both at the same time, but you know, there, there is definitely a lot of value in doing the work on yourself to kind of create that solid foundation with another person from the outset versus, mm-hmm. you know, having some toxic or unhealthy tendencies in a relationship and then trying to unravel them and and start either start over or start fresh. Definitely. I agree. So you, in your book, you really offer some like tangible tips and kind of advice also as well, Mm -hmm. what people can do. 
And do you also work with people as a coach one-on-one? I do. Yeah. So I, okay. I am a coach now. I call myself a relationship coach. <laughs> and so I can work with couples or people mm-hmm. in relationships. But really, when I say relationship coach, it's the relationship with yourself that we'll be focusing on. Mm-hmm. because that is, that's, what's the most, most important. So it doesn't really matter whether you're in a romantic relationship with someone or not. Yeah. You know, that's, that's going to be the focus is because how you show up with yourself is going to reflect how you show up with other people. I love that because I know it's probably pretty common. And I think this myself, when I hear relationship coach, I immediately think that you're helping people already in a relationship or that's, you know, what they're hoping to get. Yep. Ultimately. But what you're really about is helping people, like you said, really build that relationship with themselves and heal whether or not that brings about a relationship or not. It just helps you live a better life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of better life and feelings, um, I'm going to ask you the question that you asked in the introduction of your book. And it was, are you happy? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I would say 95 to 100%, depending on the day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm definitely, you know, leaps and bounds happier than I once was. Mm -hmm. And that 95% comes from that perfectionist mentality that I'm still working on unraveling because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm, I love my life. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I see that there's more available to me and I want that as well. And so I often like it's, it's a dance right around being happy with the moment and also seeing a gap or an opportunity for something more mm-hmm. and not, not letting that impact, you know, my current level of happiness. So I would love to say that every day I'm at a hundred percent, but I'm, I'm, working on that still. (laughs) And you're being honest because I think a lot of people listening can relate if they answer that question. Yes, I am truly happy. And maybe they are that it's not always going to be a hundred percent. You know, I agree with you definitely in your book following that you also pointed out that the studies show that it's easier for us to convince ourselves of pleasure rather than pain. And so it sounds like that's something you once did. You were able to do that. You stayed in the relationship for 15 years. I convinced myself that I was happy. I convinced myself that this was satisfactory to me and, and was working for me when it really mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, yeah. I, I hindsight's 2020 and I look back on my life then. And it's like, I was so naive and just didn't, I didn't realize living my own life in tunnel vision 24 seven just how frequently I was upset and felt lost and disconnected and alone and um, mistreated all those things because I did have good moments. And I, for the longest time, I just believed that things would continue to get better when in reality, they really only got worse. I was latched onto this idea that if I loved him hard enough and took care of him, that he, you know, his health would improve and he would start to treat me better. And and that just never happened. Mm -hmm. Am I correct in saying, did he have substance abuse problems? Is that the issue? He was an alcoholic. So severe, in fact, that what brought about my rock bottom was he had gotten so addicted to alcohol that his body couldn't go eight hours without it. And one day he his body went into shock and he had three grand mal seizures in one night and Mm -hmm. spent a week in the ICU going through alcohol withdrawal. He'd been drinking pretty heavily since, you know, since I knew him and I, I saw how, how severe his health symptoms would get the more he drank and we would address it. And he kind of dismissed my concerns. So things only got worse, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, even though he drank every day and several drinks every day, I, the, the idea of alcoholism just kind of escaped my mind, similar to the emotional abuse component. I just didn't understand that. And it just, like I said, got worse and worse. And a week that I have said often is like, was so dramatic and explosive and crazy that it's like worthy of a TV show or a movie that you watch, you're watching somebody else's life unfold. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there in the hospital room and I'm like, is this really my life? And 
coming to grips with that and realizing, yes, this is my life. This is what it has come to is finally what allowed me to see that I couldn't do this anymore and that I needed to start seeking help. Mm -hmm. And that you weren't happy. Right. That you had been one of those common people, those common folk that can convince ourselves that we're happy when we're not. Yep. So yeah. And being in a relationship with uh, any kind of addict, it always has that extra layer. It's a health, it is a health issue because it is a, it isn't a disease. So, you know, there's all kind of, that could be another episode. You can go on and convince yourselves, well, yes, they have this problem, but it's because of this and they'll, you know, if they stop drinking, they'll can change, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on. So you hit your rock bottom. You realize you weren't happy and that you weren't as healthy as you could be just you, not even just the relationship, but you. So back to the question of happy, then we're going to go back to that. If when I, if, when you ask people that question, like in your book, when you ask her, if I ask right now, are you happy? If people can't say yes, <laughs> with like wholehearted, yes. What are some questions that they, that people can start asking themselves? Like while they're right after they're listening, they can pause right now to figure out if they are truly happy in their life, not just relationships, because again, that's kind of a, a byproduct, right? For the relationship with themselves. I would ask what is working, what isn't working? Mm-hmm. How you, how do you feel on a day-to-day basis? Like everybody has opportunities for improvement and for more happiness. Right. Right. But like, what is your default? Mm -hmm. So for me, when you ask me the question, are you happy? You know, nine to 10, right. Rate my happiness on a scale of one to 10, I would say nine. Mm -hmm. There's room for more, Mm -hmm. of course, but my default now is a level of satisfaction with my life that things are good. And I, I still very much experience sadness and anger and frustration and fear and all those things. But I'm in a place now where I trust that I come back to my default level of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And so my question to the listener would be like, what is your default? What emotion or feeling is most prevalent for you? Mm-hmm. And how strong is that? And so if the emotion or feeling isn't a pleasant one, isn't what they're seeking, what are some things that that person, which I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can relate, if not right now, they've been in it or, you know, they go back and forth. What's something that they, a list of things that you would suggest they could start doing immediately? In a place of uncertainty and stagnancy, it's always great to start with or come back to what are your desires? What do you want for your life without focusing on what isn't good? Like, I don't, I don't want to feel crappy. I don't want a husband who abuses me. Like, what do you want? What, what is your ideal? It can be fantasy. It can be something you see as a reality. Like what, what do you desire? And then the next step is, okay, these are the things I want what can you do to make those happen? And if you aren't sure, that can be an opportunity for a conversation with a friend or a therapist or a coach Mm -hmm. to help you figure out how to get there. We all have the ability to create our own reality. And in fact, even if we aren't consciously creating what we want, we can be unconsciously creating what we want. So again, going back to what I experienced with my 15 years, Mm -hmm. my self-abuse for so long is what created my reality of being abused by the person I was in love with. The person I was closest to mirrored back to me what was, what was happening inside my own head and my Mm -hmm. own heart. So we have, we all have the power to create the life that we want. And I fully understand the doubt that can happen in a person's mind whenever I say those words. And that's where getting help from a professional comes in mm-hmm. yeah, because definitely. somebody who's trained in this can see things for yourself that you may not be able to see for yourself. Yeah. Do you think meditation is also, I mean, you say it's something that you use probably something uh, really for everyone period yeah. mm-hmm. end of sentence. Yeah. I do believe it's especially beneficial for someone who's in a relationship, whether romantic or otherwise, that 
that drains them, that takes a lot of their time. One thing that my therapist said to me in our very first session was, so just like your husband is addicted to alcohol, you're addicted to him. Mm. And I didn't realize what that meant, but that's the very definition of codependency. It's, yeah. it's the relationship addiction. I was, I was so fixated on his needs, his desires, you know, pleasing him, keeping him happy that the concept of doing anything for myself was just a lost concept. And so it is important. Meditation is a way of taking time to yourself. In in some ways, it can be just to get a break from, you know, the daily experience that you have, but it is, it is a great way on a regular basis to practice the art of coming back to yourself and prioritizing yourself. Yeah. So I have some great questions to ask you. Like I said, the most have to do with relationships with other people, because when I mentioned that you were a relationship coach, just like I said a minute ago, (laughs) everybody assumes that it's the relationship with others. I, you know, I definitely agree with exactly, you know, what your mission is, is teaching people that it is our relationship with ourselves first. And I have a feeling, I don't know what these questions are, (laughs) but I have a feeling there will be a running theme to my answers, but let's dive in. (laughs) I bet bet there will. Okay. So this is from Heartfire Healing and she asks, what's the best advice to make sure you stay true to your own needs? (laughs) while at the same time being a good partner to your significant other. One of my favorite lessons has been the most loving choice for yourself is the most loving choice for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. So coming back to that advice can be a great reminder on a day-to-day basis. So for example, in a relationship with somebody else, like, I don't know, just a simple example of They want to go out for the night and you don't, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're just not feeling it. If you decide to go out with them to please them, you're not going to show up as your full self. You're going to be tired. It's probably going to cause a drain on them and the other people you're around. So the most loving choice for yourself is to stay home. Mm -hmm. Your partner can still choose to go out if that's what they desire. That's what they truly want. That's their Mm -hmm. choice, right? It's not up to you to decide what they do. The most loving choice is for you to stay home. If Mm -hmm. that upsets your partner, then that's an opportunity for you guys to discuss that. That discussion Mm -hmm. is an opportunity to strengthen the relationship. So it's a really a win-win-win when you take care of yourself. Yeah. Okay. So number one, take care of yourself. Like you said, there's probably going to be a running theme. All right. (laughs) This one's from The Thriving Empath. And she has two questions. So what do you see as the top three relationship problems today? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, because it, uh, it can vary. Mm-hmm. I would say different degrees of codependency. So self-sacrifice, someone putting their partner's needs before their own is a running theme that I see quite a bit. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, there's, you know, so when there's one person who's sacrificing themselves more, the other person is taking more than they give. Both of these people probably don't even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. When we hear the term abuse, like uh, when I heard the term abuse, I thought of this just constant fighting and putting each other down and yelling at each other and screaming matches. There are more subtle forms of abuse that we don't necessarily realize that we're doing. I would say balance is definitely an opportunity in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. Communication is probably, I would put that towards the top of the list. You know, when we're with someone for so long, we start to assume that they know how we feel in certain situations or about certain things. And we're all constantly evolving as people and our tastes change, our values change, our thoughts change. One of the beauties of being in a long-term relationship with someone is being with that person along the way. Like being in love with someone in 2020 as well as 2021 and 2022 and it's like you're in love with three different people in a way. There's they're still the same at the core, mm-hmm. but you get to see their evolution. And because of those assumptions, mm-hmm. <laughs> There can be some resentment that builds because there's so much that's unspoken and you just assume 
that your partner knows what you want and what you need. But if you don't communicate it, how can you expect them to know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, communication, I think we have all heard that it's paramount to a relationship, but it is so important. And one thing that I loved so much about the relationship I experienced this year is that we practiced radical honesty and transparency transparency with each other about everything, including mm-hmm. things that I just, I normally would have never shared with anyone, let alone the person I was, you know, in a relationship with. Yeah. And I never regretted it because we were both healthy as individuals and we knew that we both had our own and each other's best interests at heart. When you're in it together as a team, there is no losing when you communicate how you truly feel. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind that, you know, so I'll, I'll say number three here, the opportunity is also when you're communicating to keep it, this may sound odd, but keep it about yourself. Like when you do these things, it upsets me because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. not you're making me feel a certain way. You are isolating me. You're ignoring me. All these like taking the blame out of the situation and just expressing how you feel. Mm-hmm. But that brings about an opportunity for changed behavior on the other person's part. Yeah. Other people do not have the power to make us feel a certain way. Only our thoughts have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything you listed there, but yeah, communication you know, it's something we struggle with just as a society, I think, for one, and people want to avoid uncomfortable things and sometimes being completely honest and, and communicating everything with yourself, for one, we're going to start with that. (laughs) And with your partner can be really challenging, scary, but so worth it. I'll, yeah, I'll just say in my experience in the relationship I am now, communication's top of the Mm -hmm. list of things that we constantly strive and work for towards because it's not something we had in our past relationships and it causes all kinds of bad things. Yeah. How can we expect someone to fully know and, and understand us if we don't fully know and understand ourselves? Right. 100%. Okay. So this question may not apply, but yeah, if you have something to say about it, awesome. This is also from the thriving empath. And she says, um, in your experience, does relationship counseling help keep couples together or give them clarity to split up? (laughs) First of all, did you do relationship counseling in your last relationship? No, you know, I started seeing a therapist for myself and about a month into it, I learned what a narcissist was. I, again, so I didn't know, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't understand the lengths of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. And by nature, a narcissist does not admit or see anything wrong with their own behavior. It's all mm-hmm. about other people. Right. So I knew that therapy would not do any good. And so that was a decision I made for myself that, you know, so even if he were to miraculously get sober, which I knew that the the likelihood of that was, was quite low. Yeah. I knew that the narcissism wasn't going anywhere. And that's ultimately what drove my decision to leave mm-hmm. him. Okay. Um, so <laughs> relationship counseling, it honestly depends. I know that's yeah. a, you know, it can seem like a wishy-washy answer, but it really depends on the situation. It depends on where the couple is currently at. Um, mm-hmm. I do see a lot of couples get a counselor kind of as a last resort mm-hmm. and we can kind of guess where that's going to lead. You know, if, if, if things are that far gone, uh, I don't know that a, a, a therapist or a counselor is really going to help that unless both people are individually committed to working on themselves yeah. Because that's really the primary solution to everything. Mm-hmm. As yeah. yeah. And it could be that both people are committed to working on themselves and you still get the result of it's better that we split up. It's it, it really depends on the situation. Definitely. I agree. Uh, do you yourself ever work with couples? I know that your focus is on the, the relationship with yourself, but do you ever or will you are you willing to work with couples? I would love to work with a couple uh, or more. I have Mm -hmm. not to be transparent. I have not worked with a couple in my experience, but I would absolutely love that. The way I would approach it is you might expect we would have essentially two one-on-one relationships Mm -hmm. going on 
to where I can help you with your re individual relationship with yourself. And then we would have some sessions, the, the three of us to, to talk as well. But I'm more interested in getting at the individual's issues and challenges and, mm -hmm. and things like that, which can then translate into, because, and I've also worked with individuals who are part of a couple, right? Yeah. So an individual desires growth and healing and transformation on their own. That then allows for improvements in the relationship that they're currently experiencing. So I, you know, we can go either way with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like you said, healthy me, healthy we. So if, just in case anyone listening doesn't understand the difference between a coach, I, I've had plenty of coaches mm -hmm. of different specialties on my podcast, but I don't know if I've really ever asked the question. Yeah. What is the difference between a coach and counselor? Yeah. I love that question. I actually posted about that um, a few weeks ago Okay, on my feeds. So tedsmith.life, Facebook, and Instagram, just a quick plug. If you yeah. want to get into more detail, everyone will have every way to connect with you, but yeah, what, <laughs> what's the difference? Great. Yeah. So I had the benefit of working with both coaches and a therapist for the last two plus years. And mm -hmm. I received a lot of benefits from both in my personal experience. And I, from what I understand, I think my therapist takes a little bit of a unique approach to what she does. And I, I experienced so much growth and transformation with her that I am also looking forward to working with her in different capacities in the future where mm -hmm. I can kind of assist her and, and work alongside her in the deep work that she does. Cause it's more than just talk therapy. We did more spiritual and kind of really deep work with the body and, and just different things. Mm -hmm. So to answer the question, in my experience, generally speaking, there is some overlap for coaching and therapy, but therapy really, for me, it was helpful to unearth the things from the past and release those mm -hmm. coaching is more about where you are in the present and where you want to be in the future and to kind of push you towards that. So if you think of it as a spectrum of kind of, uh, past and future, doing both at the same time allows you to expand in both directions, mm -hmm. um, to kind of get a full depth of yourself and also, like, if you think of it as an upwards uh, kind of spectrum, if you're, you yourself as a human are in the middle, your soul is underneath on the deepest level and your highest, higher self, kind of your, your guide, your spirit, those are, those are the things, those are up above. Coaching mm -hmm. kind of expands you upward into what your higher self truly wants for you. And underneath that is the soul where the, the therapy really helps you kind of get deep and into that kind of feeling into your emotions and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So they work really well together. Yeah. Like I am a huge fan of, of both. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that I, I talk with, with people is to see what, what is a good fit for them. I'm obviously not a licensed therapist. And so that's yeah. not something that I do, but there are benefits to both and things fit differently for different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I have this uh, similar experience for sure. And then one last listener question from Archetypal Cosmos. What has risen to the surface due to the, to lockdowns in relationships? Mm. So <laughs> that's probably a big one. I don't... What hasn't is right? more like, <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, I've known a few couples that, you know, they were like a COVID breakup or a COVID mm -hmm. divorce because spending that much time together, what it just didn't work for them. It's, I don't know that I can give a pinpointed answer to that. It really is what has risen to the surface are the things that we've pushed down for the longest time mm -hmm. and haven't addressed in our relationships. Because when you're with somebody, you know, quarantined or, or whatever, and spending more time with them than you normally do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually related to spending more time with yourself as exactly. well. Like yeah. a lot of people don't spend time with themselves because it's uncomfortable and they use other people and, and external experiences to escape themselves and escape their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And similarly in relationships, like we're uncomfortable and we don't want to face the things that we've felt resentful or guilt, guilty about, or, you know, angry about with our partner. You know, I said that, that COVID was a gift from the universe, whether people realize it or not, 
because it was an opportunity for all of us was slash is an opportunity yeah. to go inward, yep. whether that's inward individually or inward into the depths of our relationship with our, our closest partner, mm-hmm. because so many people weren't doing that. It was a message from the universe that like what you're doing hasn't been working. And right. so I'm going to give this grand universal event to allow all of you the opportunity to do what's in your best interest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's time to deal with your shit Yep. or suffer the consequences (laughs) for much longer. Yeah. I agree with that as well, for sure. And again, bringing it back to the relationship with ourselves, like you said, it's everything's risen to the surface, the stuff that we're not dealing with, with our, our own health and the health of our relationship, which again, byproduct. So Thank you for that. Before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to leave my listeners with or, you know, give us any sneak peeks and what you've got going on next? My audiobook is now out. So that was a really fun experience. You know, I, it was such a joy to write my book. Like I, I've always enjoyed writing. I wrote a couple of fiction pieces as a kid that, uh, could definitely use some rework if I ever were to try and publish them. You know, I've I've gotten into writing a lot in the last year. Obviously, I published a book, and I've mm-hmm. but I've also been posting on a daily or close to daily basis of just different things, different lessons that have come up for me in my reality and what how I would like to translate and and share that with other people. And it's it's been really fun to share this piece of me, you know, to share all of me in so many ways. Been very liberating to just literally put it all out there and um and just be me so i would encourage the listeners to find ways to do the same instead of instead of holding yourself back and you know hiding yourself from the world take that mask off and and let people see who you really are nice i'm i'm making an assumption here but writing a book a lot of times especially in the vein that you did is healing for yourself yeah and like you said, because you're putting yourself out and you're someone who likes to help other people. And that does, that does help you do yeah. what you love. Congratulations and congratulations on the audiobook too. So did you do the reading? I did. Yeah. I narrated okay. it, which was, yeah, it was fun. And it was like, what I love about my life now is I look for, I look for the experience. I look for the lesson, the magic and everything. And reading the audiobook, you know, it, Obviously, I didn't read through 150 pages perfectly. Like it took a lot of starts and stops mm-hmm. to to get it right, and it was an opportunity for me to practice the very things that I share in my book of kindness and patience with myself, and you know, just being in the present and not getting in my head. All the things like it was a perfect teaching moment for myself to to walk my talk mm-hmm. and. Um, that's kind of meta, right? Like I'm reading these things that I'm sharing with my readers and I am practicing it myself. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ted. I look forward to hearing more about you and from you, and I'll continue to follow you on social media, see all the new stuff you post. Thank you, Amber. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragon fly mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.